As we conclude our boundary setting series, we find ourselves ready to talk about the emotional boundaries, which for many of us are the hardest boundaries to set, and I will teach you why in today's episode. Hi everyone, my name is Justin. Welcome to the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast. If you are new here, this is the podcast where we use the philosophy of yoga in a practical and everyday way, one small step at a time to become happier and healthier people. And if you are not new here, welcome back. I am just so glad that you're here no matter whether you've listened to any of these episodes or whether this is your first time here. So before we get started, just a couple things I wanna cover. Our weekly email comes out every Saturday morning. It is free for you. I highly suggest you sign up. It is in the show notes. There's a link that you can sign up. We just do one email per week. It really gives you some extra insights into some of the things we teach on this podcast as well as on our sister YouTube channel, our sister channel. So check that out as well as connecting with me at Justin Ricky Yoga on Instagram so you can get some extra dose of motivation and even some smiles and some fun and inspiration as well on the social media page there, the Justin Ricky, the Instagram at Justin Ricky Yoga. So as we begin this episode, I am going to get right into these two reminders for you. Number one, be sure you have listened to the first three episodes that I've released regarding boundaries. It's the, just the last three episodes in the uh, list of episodes that you'll see wherever you're listening to this podcast, because we discuss boundaries around your stuff, your physical stuff, boundaries around your finances and the workplace, and boundaries around your physical body. These three episodes are really crucial to understanding what boundaries actually are, and also it gives you practice in the three-step boundary setting process that I teach you and in the two-step upholding the boundary or consequences setting process, which we're gonna practice today as well, but the more you listen to those and practice those examples, the better at boundary setting you will get. So that's number one. And number two, remember, if you or anyone you know is struggling with anything that is emotionally overwhelming, like an anxiety disorder or depression, because I just talk on this podcast a very general Anxiety. I'm not talking about clinically diagnosed anxiety disorders, those where it makes your life so unbearable or even difficult, you have difficulty performing day-to-day tasks. That's something you want to consult with your medical professional on for help. There are all types of help out there. There's no judgment out there. You matter, and so does your life. So we want everyone to be as happy as they can. So grab onto any resource that you can that will help point you in the direction that is best for you. So let's begin with defining what an emotional boundary is. Well, an emotional boundary often has to do with how someone else is treating you by the way they speak or talk to you or how they behave around you. It is a very clear line as to what you will deal with or tolerate and how you separate yourself from the traumatic world we live in. And when I say traumatic world, I don't mean that there are traumatic events happening nonstop. There are little traumatic events that happen to us, then there are big traumatic events that happen to us, but I'm talking about when people aren't dealing with a lot of trauma 
And so when they don't deal with their traumas, they carry that out into the world and it gets unloaded onto everyone else. Just like your happiness and your carefree attitude and the growth you're doing and the work you're doing, when you go out into the world, that carries on to everyone else too. So my goal here is in creating this community was to get more people into the happier bucket than in the traumatic bucket. Because I've been in that traumatic bucket, maybe you have too, and it is not a fun place to be, right? I want to be clear with this next statement, and that's this. You do not always know that you need to set an emotional boundary with someone until that boundary has already been crossed, because the difference with this boundary of emotional boundary setting compared to the other three boundary settings that we've dealt with is that this one is swayed to how you feel versus the things that are actually tangible, which were in the last three examples of boundary settings that we've talked about in the last three episodes. Therefore, when you get that little feeling inside of you, you know that little feeling when someone says something that just doesn't sit well, you know that little feeling, right? It just hits you in there and you're like, oh, that didn't feel right. It feels really odd. You may even say that to someone else, right? You may say, oh, gee, that felt odd. You see, that's how you know you may need to set an emotional boundary. You don't always know until it hits you and how you feel after it has hit you. In the practice of yoga off the mat, we learn from Satcha. We've been talking about Satcha through this entire boundary setting sequence of episodes here. And Satcha is translated into English as truthfulness. And we're reminded that through truthfulness, we don't keep ourselves plucked out of the earth and confined into some box where we're just confined and under someone else's lock and key and being controlled by external forces, we learn from what we are rooted in, where we stay away from conflict and the things that make us feel shitty. And we revert back to a fluid and evolutionary truth. That's why we set boundaries. So the evolution of your truth is always shining in the forefront. It's one of the keys to being a happier person, not only dealing with emotional drama and traumatic events. And speaking of drama, next week we are going to be talking all about drama and whether you decide to hang out in the drama or whether you need to get away from the drama. And I'm not talking about the dramas that are on television like my favorite soap opera that runs during the day, which I am a huge soap opera fan, by the way, if you didn't know that. And it's General Hospital in specific, so I don't know if anybody listens to this podcast that's either from General Hospital or you watch General Hospital too. I love it. But anyway, we're not talking about that drama. We are talking about drama that comes into your life day to day. You all know about this, and we're going to talk about that next week. But going back to today's episode that we're talking about with regards to emotional boundary setting, the key to being a happier person is reverting back to that fluid and evolutionary truth which is what Satcha really teaches us all about. So let's unpack this a little further with the examples of the emotional boundaries and then how you can set and enforce those emotional boundaries. First, I want to give you a couple of examples of emotional boundaries, just what they are, and then we'll do those exam- we'll go into examples of I'll give you the words and I'll give you the ways, the phrases that you can say in that three-step process. If you've been listening already, you know what this process is. So let's go right into it. The emotional boundaries, some examples of them are cheating or lying in a relationship, name-calling, emotional manipulation like being aggressive or passive-aggressive behavior or bullying or gaslighting or even discrimination, Uh, and then finally, 
complaining, procrastinating, or lack of initiative. Uh, those can cross into physical space boundaries as well, like what you will allow around your physical space. In fact, we talked a little bit about complaining in one of the earlier episodes because that can be a boundary you need to draw when someone's in your physical home, like you may not allow complaining in your home. That also goes with saying one thing and doing another. So the complaining, the procrastinating, the lack of initiative, and then the saying one thing and doing another. Those are all examples, as well as the lying and the relationships and the name calling and all the emotional manipulation stuff. That's all emotional boundary, things that you can set emotional boundaries around. Of course, there are a ton more, but we are mainly talking about the things other people do or say that can really kind of hurt your feelings or even break your heart. Sometimes this is done intentionally, like with the emotional manipulation, and sometimes others don't realize they're doing it. But regardless, that's why we set boundaries, to shine a light on the crappy behavior, not to force someone to change the behavior or to punish them. Remember, Boundaries are about what you will tolerate. They are about you. They are not about other people. And when you draw a boundary by default, by default, not by you forcing anything, literally by default, the the spotlight shines on that crappy behavior from another person because you just simply aren't tolerating it anymore. Let's get to our three-step boundary setting process in our first example, and we're gonna use name-calling as the first example. So name-calling is one of the most immature ways, as we know, a person can express any kind of dissatisfaction. And it's not rooted in anything close to Sacha at all. (laughs) And look out, because sometimes people can fool you, and this is a little bit of emotional manipulation too, They can fool you by saying they practice yoga and then they revert to name calling, which I've seen and I have felt that firsthand. So not only are you dealing with name calling and then you're talking about saying one thing and doing another by saying you practice yoga and then you go out and call people a bunch of names, this whole big amalgamation of emotional manipulation that just does not make people feel good. So let's talk about Cooper. Here comes Cooper. Cooper's your friend. He, he, he's played baseball with you as you guys grew up, and he was really, really a good baseball player. And you were too, and you loved playing baseball. But as you got older, of course, your friendships stayed intact, but you are not into baseball as much as you used to be, and he is. He loves it. And you now are on this different path where you're starting a business, and He still loves to go to baseball games. He loves to play baseball. And sometimes you even go with him, but sometimes you can't because now you have this different commitment and your life has changed slightly because you're dealing with this little business venture you're you're working on. So now here comes one day where Cooper comes along and asks you to go to your town's local baseball game and you can't go. And he says to you, you know what you are? You are a fucking flake. You just flake out on everything. You're just a damn flake. That's a little much, isn't it? So let's do our three-step boundary process. Now, number one, the first step to this is we remember we tell people, in this example, it's Cooper, his value in, in your life. So you say, Cooper, I have I really enjoy having you as my friend and all the time we've spent together in baseball. That's number one. You tell someone you appreciate them or their value. 
Number two, you set the boundary. You say, however, I will not tolerate any name calling from anyone. So please do not call me any more names going forward. And then number three is you thank him. And thank you for your help, Cooper. So let's put that all together. Cooper, I enjoy having you as my friend and all the time we've spent together in baseball. However, I will not tolerate any name calling from anyone. So please do not call me any more names going forward. Thank you for your help, Cooper. Okay, now if Cooper does this again and continues to name call or name calls, you, you set the boundary and then he just goes right into more name calling, this is what you would do to uphold the boundary. It's a two-step process. Number one, you repeat the boundary to Cooper. So you would say, Cooper, I've already told you that I will not put up with name calling. There's the boundary. And the second step is to set the consequence by saying, and if you call me a name one more time, I will not be going to any more baseball events or playing any baseball with you, period. Now, you get to decide how many times you will let Cooper call you a name before you really enact that consequence, or you can also begin to draw away from him slowly because that is a boundary as well, especially because he already knows that you won't tolerate the name calling and he knows what your values are. If you are close and true friends, he will know what your values are. You see, boundary setting only works when people know what your boundaries are, what your values are, what you stand for. That's the only way they work. If you don't communicate that to anyone, they don't work. I'll give you an example of this personally with me. Now, I make myself quite clear when I'm out in the world interacting with people that I will never raise my voice My behavior showcases this to everyone. I will never raise my voice to you or shout at you or yell at you or invoke some sense of stress. Now, if you do that to me, what ends up happening to me is I just walk away because I choose not to repeat myself over and over and over and if about what I will tolerate and what I will not tolerate with regards to yelling at people. And if someone cannot respect that boundary that I have, I walk away. Once I've said it, The consequence will be, you don't get my energy anymore if you yell at me or you shout at me. And that's it, period. So you want to yell at me? Go right ahead. But if you do, I will walk away from you and that will be the end of that that conversation. I won't go back and forth, you know, with a yelling and screaming match. And that's the way I live my life. If you haven't figured that out or if you haven't heard me set that boundary when I've done it a million times, that's on you and that's not on me. So that's an example of how you can walk away from a circumstance once you've set the boundary as well. Now, let's do another example with regards to emotional manipulation. We're gonna do gaslighting. Now, remember, you can substitute anything in this three-step process with emotional trickery that people can play, but we're gonna use gaslighting here. So that emotional trickery could be passive-aggressive behavior or any of the other things, aggressive, even regular aggressive behavior, outwardly aggressive, uh, the, the lying and all of that. That stuff could be all substituted. So we're going to talk about your partner, Brittany, here. Now, Brittany, you and Brittany have this event planned for the weekend. You confirmed it with Brittany. She confirmed it with you in a text message, and it's on your shared calendar. So not only did you ask Brittany about this, but you also confirmed it with her in the message, and it's also on your calendar. So it's there. Everything you've done, okay, fine. So two days before this event comes up, Brittany says something to you about going somewhere else with her friends at the exact same time that you plan this event. And you say, 
well, wait a minute, Brittany, we have this event planned. And this is what she says. This is the gaslighting. She says, I I, I don't know what you're talking about. Are, Are you crazy? You must be losing your mind. I said I was going with my friends. And then you even pull out your text messages or your calendar and you go, look, this is what we confirmed. And she goes, oh, yeah, well, you got the date wrong. So too bad. I'm not going. You see, that's gaslighting. Gaslighting makes you feel, it's another person that tries to make you feel like you are losing your sense of grounding, your sense of being a cohesive, coherent person, and your sanity. They make you question all of that, even though you know you set the appropriate date and you confirmed it with Brittany. This is that trickery that is not to be tolerated. So let's use that three-step process again about setting a boundary where we appreciate Brittany, we set the boundary with Brittany, and then we thank her. So here we go. Brittany, I enjoy the events we go together and I appreciate our time together so much. And I know that we specifically planned it for this Saturday, so I will not accept the back and forth games about me making a mistake. In the future, when you confirm via a text, that is what we will be going by and that's that. Thank you for your understanding. That's it. Now you've got your two-step consequence process. Remember, we repeat the boundary and then we set the consequence. And here it is with Brittany. Brittany, we have been over this behavior regarding the dates that we plan and the confirming of the dates that we plan. If you question my integrity or my sanity one more time, we are not making any more plans going forward, period. That's it. And remember, as hard as this may be, as hard as this may be, this is the way that you are able to see who has those integral qualities that you are looking for in a partner, in a friend, or even in someone who's in your family or at work, in a work colleague situation. Because if someone truly wants to be in your life, truly wants to be in your life, listen again, if they truly want to be in your life, which they should want to be in your life, because you're an amazing person. They should. If they really do, they're not going to cross your boundaries. Would you cross someone's boundaries if you really want to be in their life? No, you're going to respect them. They need to do the same for you. After the break, we're going to go into our last example. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back, everyone. Let's get into the last example here. We're talking about boundary setting with the emotional boundaries. And I am going to combine a couple of the emotional boundary that we need to set, those topics that I talked about earlier, I'm gonna combine a couple. We're gonna combine complaining and doing one ver- one thing versus another. So we're gonna kinda of have both of those together, meshed up together. Now, complaining is different than venting. Sometimes we get venting and complaining crisscrossed. Venting is different than complaining, folks. Complaining is going over and over and over and over something and choosing not to do anything about it. That's just complaining. Now, venting is when you have something that happens to you and you need to get that feeling out into the open into a conversation that you might have with someone who you trust. And it's not outwardly in public. This is a venting session that you have in a private way. Complaining is just that nonstop, all day long. You know that person you work with that complains all the time? That's what I'm talking about. That's different than venting. So let's meet your friend and mine, Harper. Now, Harper complains about her job all the time. She says negative things about the people she works with, 
And she says negative things about her boss. She says negative things about the way things are run at her job. And she also says negative things about how she participates in her job as a customer. Meaning this, she could work at a store, so then she could shop at that store too. Okay, you get where I'm going with this? She could work at a restaurant so that she can be a customer of that restaurant and go in there and eat. Or maybe she works like at an amusement park and she could use her free amusement park uh, admission to get in. Okay, so, so it's not a privately owned company where the public doesn't come in and out. She can be a customer too. And this is important for a couple of reasons. So now here she is and she complains and she complains and she complains. And she'll say things to you like, I am never going to set foot in there. I'm not working. I am never going to go in there when I'm off. Or I can't stand it when I'm there. So why in the heck would I even go in there when I'm off? Or the way Anthony runs this place is just so annoying and it just makes no sense why others are treated better than me and I work really hard and blah, blah, blah. You know, all that complaining. Okay, fine. So she's complaining about her job and she's telling you she doesn't want to go in and participate in that job as a client or customer. Okay? So she hates it already. It's just what she's saying. She says she hates it. She has to work there. She says she hates it. Or she's complaining about all the people there. Or she's complaining about the processes. Or she's complaining about whatever, the people that work there that are doing things the way she's not doing them. It doesn't matter. But then she's saying she's not going to go participate in that either. All right. So then one day you just happen to stop into that place that she works at. And there she is. She's not working. She's a customer. She's laughing. She's joking. She's taking pictures of herself for social media. What's wrong with this picture? Let me ask you, what's wrong with this picture? Is Harper allowed to be in her place of employment as a customer? Of course she is. Of course she is. But why is she complaining to you nonstop about that place? And then she does the opposite. That means it's time to set a boundary. Here it is. Three-step process. Harper, I love spending time with you but not if you're going to complain about your job. And then you turn right around and you go right into that place of employment as a customer. That is lying and I am your friend and I expect honesty. Thank you for your help. That's it. Now listen, you didn't tell Harper, don't go in there as a customer. You're asking Harper just to be honest with you. So Harper now has two choices. She can either one, quit complaining about her job and go in there as her, as an employee and as a patron all she wants. And she can quit complaining. Or, number two, she can quit going in there and then she can change jobs because she's lying to herself by patronizing the very place that all she does is blast. Okay? But that's on her to make that decision. You are just not tolerating the complaining anymore. You don't care whether she, she can go in there all she wants. You just don't want to hear the complaining. So if she continues the complaining now, now you have to say this, Harper, we've gone over the complaining and then doing the opposite. And I've told you that I expect honesty. So going forward, we are not going to discuss your job anymore. I am completely unavailable for any conversations regarding your job from this day forward. That's it. You, you've repeated that boundary and now you have told her what is going to happen 
No more discussing the job. That's it. So you see, the key here with boundaries, my friends, through all of these episodes is one thing and one thing only. It is to communicate what you will and will not allow in your life. You are not telling other people how to behave. You are not telling other people how to live or run their lives. You are not telling people to make different choices. You are not telling people what to eat, what to drink, what to smoke, what direction to turn in their car. You're not telling people any of that. You're just saying, I don't want that around me. And that is one of the biggest, biggest steps that you can make into self-respect, self-worth, and becoming a happier person. All about boundaries. Next week's episodes are going to be kind of a spin-off of this as we move into, are you allowing drama in your life? And do you just need to walk away from drama? As I mentioned earlier in the example I used about yelling at me, people yelling at me, if you yell at me and create drama like that, I just walk the other way because I don't want that kind of drama. And we're going to talk about why that in and of itself is actually setting a boundary too when you just walk away. And I can't wait to share those episodes with you. I will see you in a few days. Okay, one last thing. The content in the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast is not intended as a replacement or a substitution for the advice of any medical professional, like a physician, a psychologist, or a qualified therapist, or any other medical professional. It is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only.